Hey everyone, it's Ramon and welcome to the Human Optimization Podcast, science-backed strategies, insights and tools to upgrade your brain and life. In this episode, Gabriel Utengen joins me on the show. Now, I spoke with Gabriel back in April of 2019, so some of you may have already heard this episode, but I wanted you to have a strategy for implementing many of the things we're going to be talking about on the show right up front. Gabriel is going to present and walk you through, I think, one of the best ways to be able to effectively pursue and accomplish goals, and in particular, overcome the obstacles that get in our way. Now, before we get into the episode, a quick word from our sponsor, Brain First, earth-grown, evidence-based nutrition, one of the products that I absolutely love and I take every morning on a workday to fire up my brain and get hyper-focused and into flow quickly, is Genius Mode. It took me years of research and testing to formulate Genius Mode for Brain First because I was basically sick of having dozens of bottles and powders trying to mix together all the different things to give me the effect that I wanted. And so Genius Mode has some of the best science-backed ingredients for brain health and performance in meaningful doses supported by experimental data. I personally take it shortly after I wake up, usually with a decaf coffee, and the focus and drive and motivation and mental clarity lasts pretty much all day, and without any of the side effects or sleeping problems that you get from some of these other supplements that are full of caffeine. Now, if you want to try Genius Mode, use code RAMON for 10% off, in addition to other discounts that you get on the Brain First website. Just head to mybrainfirst.com and you'll see a bunch of reviews from other people who are absolutely loving this product. mybrainfirst.com, code RAMON for 10% off and get your brain an instant upgrade. Now, let's get into the episode. No interruptions. Enjoy, my friends. It's great to have you on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's, uh, um, I'm really excited actually to dive into, uh, much of the research. Uh, I know our listeners are, are really going to love, uh, a lot of your, uh, work as I do. And one of the, really the aims of BrainFirst is to provide research backed, uh, practical advice that people can use, that they can implement. And what I love about your work is that not only you have the research and a lot, like there's a ton of research, um, but you have the the real practical element as well. You have a, a strategy that uh, works so well uh, in many different uh, contexts, and I'm sure we're going to get right into that towards the the end of the show. But uh, one of the things I think that will strike our, our listeners immediately is that this idea that you have about rethinking positive thinking is kind of counter to much of the traditional kind of self-help world. And even though I think many of our listeners are starting to to catch on to this idea that positive thinking and positive fantasizing and daydreaming about the future uh, isn't all it's cracked up to be, there are still many people that hold these sorts of beliefs. And I'd love for you to share your journey that you went on to really come to the point that we've arrived at now about this idea of rethinking positive thinking and where positive fantasies sit and things of that nature. Well, yeah, that that sure was a journey because at first we thought, like many, many others, positive thinking is positive. Isn't that clear to everyone? But then when we looked at the data, um, it looked a little bit more complicated than we thought at first. So positive thinking in many ways is positive in the sense that if you positively daydream about your future, you can explore all the different possibilities of the future. Or you can put yourself in a good mood. Think positively about the next day, the next week, the next year. Yeah, you're in a good mood. So that's all nice. But the problem is, if you want to reach your desired future in reality, if you want to fulfill your wishes, about the future, then positive thinking and positive daydreaming about the future, these what we call positive fantasies and images, are a problem. 
And they are a problem, as we saw in many studies. They're a problem in the academic professional area, they're a problem in the interpersonal area, and they're a problem in the health area. So, for example, the more positively people enrolled in a weight reduction program fantasized about their success in the program, the fewer pounds they shed later on, three months later, one year later, and even two years later. Or the more positively university graduates fantasized about an easy transition into work life. The fewer dollars they earned two years later and the fewer job offers they had gotten, and importantly, the fewer job applications they had sent out. And take students. The more positively they fantasize about their success in an exam, the less well they did actually in succeeding in the exam. And also in the interpersonal domain, Take students, you know, those who positively fantasize about getting together with their crushee, meaning with a person they really like, um, the less likely it was that they actually got into a romantic relationship. But also for the elderly, the more positively, for example, hip replacement surgery patients fantasized about an easy recovery after surgery, the less well could they move their new joint, the fewer steps they could walk, and the less well was their general recovery as judged by the uh, physiotherapist. So it seems then that as pleasant as these positive daydreams and fantasies and positive thinking about the future um, are, they are a handicap when it comes to actually attaining the positive future. So positive fantasies, thinking positively about the future can make us feel good. And, and one would think then that the positive affect or positive emotion associated with that would motivate us more to move towards the things that we want. But what you're saying is that uh, people that positively fantasize about the future and only that don't actually accomplish their goals. They don't, they don't get what they want across many different domains. Yes, and um, not only in terms of that they don't realize their positive fantasies and daydreams in different domains. It's also a problem for mental health. So the more positively adults and children... Um, of in different life situations, fantasize about the future, the better they feel at the moment, but the more depressed they get over time, and which is partially due to the less success they achieve in their lives. And the problem then is that these positive fantasies and daydreams they seem to sap the energy because we asked ourselves, why is that, that these positive fantasies and daydreams actually lead to low effort and low success? And we did then experimental work on that where we induced one group of people to positively fantasize about the future and in the control groups, we induce people, for example, to negatively fantasize about the future or to produce questioning fantasies or factual thoughts or no thoughts, depending on the, on the experiment. And what we found is that the more positively people fantasize, so those in the, in the, in the positive fantasy groups, um, that they feel already accomplished. They already arrived in their mind and um, thus the energy went down. So they relaxed. And you can measure that by looking at the systolic blood pressure or you can measure it by simply asking people, how energized do you feel with respect to implementing that positive future? 
Um, so we, we, we found that these positive fantasies, they sap the energy. And that's exactly the energy people need in order to implement the future, to fulfill their wishes. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like creating a, a simulation, uh, I guess, in your in your mind where you have attained the outcome that you wanted and so the system relaxes, uh-huh. you feel like you've accomplished it and then you don't actually take the steps necessary to move forward towards, uh, you know, taking the actions and doing the things you need to accomplish the thing. Exactly. That's exactly uh, right. Uh, are there times when, apart from just making us feel good, uh, are there cases where positive fantasies are useful? Yeah, like I said at the beginning, I mean, if you if you want to try out in your mind um, the various possibilities and the various options and the various venues um, uh, you have for the future, that's that's helpful. I mean, you can you can live your future in your mind, and you can see, you know, um, how would it feel to go here, or how would it feel to go there, and um, and that's that's really um, helpful to, to to understand what the future holds. And when when we got these data, sort of showing that these positive fantasies and daydreams that they're hurtful for bringing the energy to actually implement them. We thought, hmm, maybe it is enough to just, you know, think negatively about the future. But then you need to be careful because going from just positive thinking to just negative thinking, that's too short-sighted because you need to to really ask the question, why do we have these positive fantasies and daydreams? And um, we did experiments on that. And we reasoned that these positive fantasies and daydreams, they might stem from our needs, from our states of deficiency. And they might have a very important function, uh, which is to actually keep us at least minimally motivated so that we want to satisfy our deficiencies. So, for example... Um, what we did is we asked participants in the lab to not drink water for quite a while, and then we gave them some salty pretzels so that they would get actually deficient of water, kind of thirsty. And in one group, then we gave them a, f- a good glass of a bottle of fresh water, and the other group, we didn't. And then we asked them to think about the future, to fantasize about the future. And what you find is that in the group, which still needs water, that people kind of positively fantasize about getting to the water fountain, drinking the water, enjoying the water. Meaning these positive fantasies and daydreams have an important function because they reflect our states where we need something. They reflect our needs. And we did more experiments in the in the same way with psychological needs. So if you make people yearn towards or deficient towards interpersonal relationships, for example, they, they positively fantasize about getting together with family and friends. Or if you deprive them of meaning as compared to the control groups, they start fantasizing about obtaining a more meaningful job. So these positive fantasies and daydreams have a very important function, which is they reflect our states of deficiency. They they, underst- they make us understand where do we have our de- our depletion, and therefore we cannot just dismiss them and say you know they they prevent us from uh, going the hard way to realize these positive fantasies, and therefore we, we just um, dismiss them. No, we can't dismiss them because they reflect our needs and um, our states of deprivation, and therefore they are very important. And at the end, you could say, they give action the direction. 
Therefore, they are so important. So they give us the direction where to go. And that's when we then said, no, we can't. We, we need to, to work with these positive fantasies. They are very important in people's lives. But what we need to do is we need to give people the energy which these positive fantasies sap. And if we give them the energy, then people have both. They have direction, the direction in which to act, and they then have the energy to actually go the hard way into the positive future and to realize this positive future. But how would you actually give people the energy? And we reason um, you need to complement these positive fantasies and daydreams with a sound sense of reality. So if you complement these positive fantasies about the future, which give action the direction, with the obstacle of reality that stands in the way that they actually realize the positive fantasies, then people understand, hmm, I'm not there yet. I need to still work towards overcoming the obstacles of reality if I want to, in fact, enjoy and, and reach the positive fantasies. And that's what we then called mental contrasting of the positive future, of the desired future, with the obstacle of reality that stands in the way. So we could say, for example, that, that these positive fantasies are perhaps a little bit like a tasting plate of the things that we... Uh, desire or that that we feel that we are lacking in, and they're the the uh, the little foods uh, that we perhaps enjoy, and we get to sample all of these little foods from the tasting plate, and then perhaps select one of them that we would want to have as um, maybe a, the meal for the banquet that's coming up, and but we still need to take the action to get from the little tasting plate to go out to organize the banquet and to do that is to to do that effectively to be energized to taking those steps to making that thing happen to accomplish the uh the goal or the outcome this idea of mental contrasting is what uh then increases the energy loss that we might have if we just settled on uh the the tasting plate as an example yeah, actually, this is very nice that you say that. It is a tasting plate, but it doesn't really feel like a tasting plate. It feels very central and very um, dear to your heart if you discover what kind of taste is really belonging to you. And and that's um, the, the more you have the need to go into a certain direction, the, the more central and the more important it feels to you to have these fantasies. Mm. And sometimes these fantasies can be um, very central to you, such as, like I just said, you know, I want to make more meaning in my life or I want to improve the relationship to a certain member of my family or to a certain friend or I want to focus more, I want to be more present or... I want to, um, you know, take more care of my child or something. It can be very, it can be very central and very important to you, and and I think that's um, so. These these fantasies about the future, these these kind of these positive fantasies about the future, can be an expression of something which you might not allow yourself to think because you're so busy in your life. But once you actually calm down and you're, you you just give yourself a little time, it doesn't need a lot of time, but you give yourself a little time and you kind of feel out what comes up in my mind, then you will understand, oh, this is really what I really want, what I really wish. And, and therefore these positive fantasies and daydreams are actually very, they can be very central. And, and um, we need to take them seriously because they reflect our needs. Mm. It's almost like going on a, a little bit of a mental uh, exploration of these things until we find something that perhaps reflects 
our core values or that uh, is something that we are going to gain a lot of meaning and fulfillment from. And these are thing, important things that we need to pay attention to. Yet if we just stayed there and didn't take it any further, then we wouldn't necessarily be taking the actions towards accomplishing those things that would actually uh, give us the meaning and make us feel fulfilled. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly right. So when you use the strategy of mental contrasting, then you have both. Um, you will discover where you want to go and you will discover what is it that it is in your way. And in, in recent research and also applications, we say, what is it that is in your way that is in you? Because you will then understand what is it that holds you back or might stop you from tackling your wish and, and enjoying the, the, the outcome of wish fulfillment. Because... If you say, what is the obstacle in me, what holds me back in me, then the possibility that you can change it is, is, is pretty high. And by understanding what is it in me that stands in the way, you will also understand how to get over that obstacle. And sometimes you even understand that you might not be able or that to get over it or that it might be too costly to get over your obstacle. And then you could say, okay, well, this is an obstacle that is not here for me to overcome or I cannot overcome at the moment. And then you can adjust your wish. You could say, okay, well, maybe this is too aspirational what I'm doing. I adjust the wish a little bit and then the obstacle will be also more likely to be overcome. Or you could say, okay, I postpone the wish fulfillment to a better point in time. Or you could also say, okay, well, this is this obstacle is such that I do not want to overcome it or that I do not, it's just too costly or that I simply cannot overcome it. And then you could say, okay, with good conscience, I will now let go from fulfilling my wish, which frees up the energy to follow up on more feasible and more manageable wishes, which are also dear to my heart. So what mental contrasting does, it gives you the opportunity to understand what is in your way and to understand how you can overcome what is in your way. But it also gives you the opportunity to just say, okay, I'd set priorities and that wish is not my priority and, and to let go with good conscience, which gives you a lot more clarity in life. So in other words, in short, if the obstacle is manageable, surmountable, you will now fully commit and will say, yes, this is the positive future. I want to follow up. But if the obstacle is such that you say, uh-uh, no way, I have really more important things to do at the moment, or I just simply cannot overcome it, then it gives you the freedom to say, okay, well, I better invest my energy in more feasible projects. So it helps setting priorities and to really go what you love and can do and to let go from wishes and, and fantasies that are either not so attractive after all or simply too costly or just simply not attainable, which will make your life much more manageable um, because you now know exactly what you love and what you can leave. Mm. And first of all, I love that distinction about it's not just thinking about the obstacles, it's thinking about the obstacles in you, which brings back that uh, level of control because 
you know, rather than things that are outside of you that perhaps you don't have any control over, it brings things within your, uh, within your reach, within your grasp. And uh, one of the other things I, I found really interesting about that is this is a, this is almost like a, a great way for being able to make decisions around opportunity cost. If I'm investing or I'm going to need to invest a lot of energy and time into this direction, well, what's the opportunity cost of that? But with this mental contrasting, I can come to a more effective decision around whether that particular course of action is actually worth pursuing or whether I should give it up for something else. Because I'm sure, you know, many of us have pursued a a direction for uh, and invested an enormous amount of energy and time in a particular direction, only to find out later on that perhaps it wasn't something that we necessarily really wanted or was in alignment with our values. And so I think this is a great way of being able to, to, I think, make more effective decisions around which directions to pursue. But one particular point that uh, I found really interesting is this idea of only if the wishes are feasible. So uh, I know you've got some really beautiful, tightly controlled studies that uh, that uh, demonstrate this well. Is there one in particular that, that really demonstrates this idea of people pursuing wishes that are feasible versus not feasible? Yeah, actually, um, mental contrasting can be done in two ways. One is, like I just said, you have, you just have a wish that is very dear to your heart. And then you think about what will be the best outcome and you imagine the outcome. I mean, what is important to say is that mental contrasting is an imagery strategy and it works by us having this imagery that is kind of gluing us to the future because only then you find the the direction uh, to act because you, you need to feel out, is that really the wish? that is so dear to my heart. So when you actually feel out what is my wish that is very dear to my heart, then the next step would be to say, what would be the best outcome, the best thing if I fulfilled myself that wish? And very often that is an emotion or a very good result. And then you imagine that best thing and that that kind of glues you to the sky in the sense that now you can feel out whether this is actually really you wish and the outcome feels that you that you very strongly attach to that and once you understand that then you 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 know okay this is really my wish this is really what i want and then the obstacle part when you then change gears and you say but what stops me of tackling that wish and and uh, feeling that outcome, then the obstacle part will will make you understand whether this is feasible or not, and whether this is actually what you really want or not, and and how to overcome that that obstacle. So it it helps you prioritize. Now, if you want to have a wish that is feasible, you can start the exercise differently and you say, okay, what would be a wish that is feasible for me? Then the likelihood to find an obstacle that is surmountable is just much higher. So if you want to have only wishes that where you can actually identify the obstacle that is surmountable for you, then you start off with a feasible wish. But if you want to use mental contrasting in order to decide whether it is feasible for you or not, then you start with any wish and the obstacle will show you whether it is feasible or not. So it can be used to implement or to fulfill the feasible wishes, which you defined as feasible a priori, and it can be used to decide whether a wish that you have that is dear to your heart is actually feasible or not. Because by understanding what the obstacle is in the way, 
you will understand whether overcoming the obstacle is feasible or not. So it can be used for making good decisions in terms of understanding you know, what I can do and what I can't do. And it can be used to implement with full force the wishes that are a priori feasible. And uh, uh, one of the things that I uh, read in your book was this idea of mental contrasting for uh, things like negative feedback or for a negative future as well. Can you unpack those a little bit more for us? Because I think this is, I, I have to say that if all of this research has led to creating this strategy that um, I'd like to talk about in a moment, but if there was ever a, a magic pill, mm-hmm. a one-size-fits-all strategy, I think this is about as close as as we can come to having that, this strategy that you've uh, created from all the research you've conducted. And I don't say that lightly, and I think it's something that uh, uh, listeners, you really want to pay attention to all of the the detail and maybe go back over this podcast episode again because there is so much information in here that can be used uh, today easily and that is going to affect you uh, in many positive ways. So just going back to the the mental contrasting uh, for things like a, a negative future or for negative feedback, could you please unpack those a little bit more for us? I could, but I think we need to um, talk about the magic pill first. Ah, yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> because it's easier then to spin off from the magic pill um, what what mental contrasting about the negative future um, would mean. But but let's get back to the negative future in a minute. Now, the magic pill um, actually is the first time that it, that that uh, you know. Somebody used this term. It's a, it's a it's a nice term because you can elaborate nicely um, what mental contrasting is around that term. So it is magic in three ways. Um, one, it is context and content independent. So it is a strategy which you can use basically for any kind of wish you have, meaning in the academic domain, the professional domain, the interpersonal domain, the health domain, in the, in the personal advancement domain, in, in anything. Um, so in that respect, it's like, um, you know, like a bicycle. Um, you learn how to ride the bicycle and then you go with the bicycle wherever you want to go. So in, in that um, aspect, it is a little magic. But the, but the real magic are the consequences of mental contrasting. And the consequences of mental contrasting are non-conscious, meaning mental contrasting is a conscious exercise. It's an imagery exercise. And you do it, you know, you take five minutes, you do the exercise. It's very conscious. It's an imagery. Um, You guide yourself through it or you guide someone else through it. But then the consequences are non-conscious. And these non-conscious consequences, as we found out in our experiments, actually leads to behavior change, meaning behavior change in sort of whether you go full force to fulfill your wishes or whether you say, you know, I put it um, on hold for a while or I, I actually let go, whatever you, 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 you find out, but the, the consequences are non-conscious. And they lead to automatic behavior change. And let me elaborate a little bit on the non-conscious consequences. When you do mental contrasting of feasible wishes, of the wishes you actually can surmount the obstacles, then there is a very strong associative link between the future outcome and the obstacle. So you can't really think about the future anymore without thinking about the obstacle. So the obstacle, without that you know, just comes right in. And there is another very strong associative link, non-conscious, between the obstacle of reality and the behavior to overcome that obstacle, the action you can take to overcome that obstacle. And that these 
to associative links then mediates or predicts or is responsible for the behavior change, meaning for you going in real life full force to uh, fulfill your wishes. In addition, mental contrasting leads you to recognize and interpret the reality as an obstacle. So for example, if your wish is, let's say, to give a good presentation next week, then the invitation or your urge to go to a party on Saturday night will be not, you know, ah, it's fun, I go to the party on Saturday night, but it will now be an obstacle to doing enough work so you give a good presentation next week, meaning you recognize the obstacles in your context and the obstacles in yourself that might impede the fulfillment of your wishes. So you're getting creative and understanding what is in your way. And then getting back what, what you said in terms of negative feedback, it also puts you in a position to get the information of the negative feedback or of the setbacks into your plans and into your action towards wish fulfillment. So if someone criticizes you, you think, ah, this is interesting. This is what I can use in order to fulfill my wish or to, to, to actually go in the direction of my desired future rather than taking it personally and getting defensive. And we show in these experiments that people have a better processing of the information entailed in setbacks and negative um, uh, feedback. Um, and they don't take it so personally. So their sense of self-competence is not diminished. They hold up. They think they're still, you know, doing well and, and, and don't take it personally, but they process the information. So they have a double advantage. And this processing of the information and not taking things personally, then again, translates into more um, constructive and productive action towards wish fulfillment. So in, in other words, these non-conscious processes, they help you without that you even realize to fulfill your wishes. And at the same time, the energy goes up. So your body gets prepared to actually get going. And again, we measured that by systolic blood pressure and by feelings of energization. Um, so it has cognitive and motivational energy and feedback-related non-conscious processes that then translate into energy, effort, and constructive action towards wish fulfillment. And that's the real magic because we can actually rely on these non-conscious processes that they help us fulfill um, our wishes. So that's, that's the second one. And then the third one would be that you can learn it. You can, you can just learn it by you know, practicing a little bit and 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 taking the the steps which we describe in what we call whoop, which I will talk in a minute, and you can learn it, and you then you can use it wherever you are in your daily life, in the subway, when you have, um, you know, if somebody lets you um, wait a little bit, you can use the time. You can use it in the morning and during lunch break, in the evening before you go to bed. Um, you can use it with others or you can use it alone. You can share it with your family members or with your friends or you could keep it private because, you know, sometimes finding out about the obstacle might not be too flattering. So you keep it to yourself. And um, it, it actually works in order to make your life easier, to find insights about what you really want and what is it in you that is in the way. And by finding these insights, you have a discovery tour, a discovery tour in two senses. Then you discover what, you, what your wishes really are, not what other people say that you should do, and, but what you really want. And you discover what sometimes for years has kept you inside you from doing what you really want. And then the, the second discovery is Mental contrasting and then also whoop is a imagery strategy that will take you out for five minutes 
or you know doing this short exercise will take you out but then it makes you really go into life again in the sense that you engage in a very new way so you discover new relationships or you discover new facets of your life of your professional life of nature of your context and and that's fun and it's fun to just get involved in life in a in a in a new sense um so discovery for for the internal processes of wish and obstacle and discovery in terms of external processes that you actually get going in a different way mm-hmm. i can certainly attest to the the power of this uh this strategy this uh, associative non-conscious thing in fact i remember the very first time that i that i used it i'm um i'm finishing off a, a pretty big research study at the moment and back when i was trying to get started i was procrastinating and putting things off and i just knew the amount of reading and analysis that i'd have to do and it was like oh god and i think i'd put it off by about another month and i'm like i'm losing time here this is getting out of control and I think it was like, I remember I was walking back from the gym and uh, going through the app um, because it's a nice, you know, the prompts are really good to, especially when you're first getting started, to, to go through the actual process. And I remember after going, th- going through the process, I just felt different and I felt more uh, content, but more uh, motivated it's not the right word it's hard to put the words on it but i just felt like i can just slip into this right now my behavior changed instantly and i came home and i got through a few hours of work and i think i've been working on the, i'd been working on the study uh, for a few hours every day since my behavior changed within a few minutes after a month of procrastinating so it's certainly a very powerful uh, strategy and one that uh, I think it, just practicing here and there from time to time gets us into the habit of of using that uh, mental imagery and then the contrasting and then figuring out the steps that we need to take to move forward on our wish. So I thank you very much because you really helped me to uh, overcome those problems in three to four minutes. Well, this this is great to hear. Actually, the 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 fun thing in in metal contrasting and in whoop, which which I now really need to explain, is that that you can use it short term and long term. So you can have a short term wish, like you know, what um, what is my wish for this podcast, or what is my wish for the for the next meeting, or what is my wish for a conversation with my son or what is my wish for you know for today just for today and and you 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 can you can use that that strategy um to to get so much more clarity on on what you really want and and, and what is standing in your way but you can also use it in very stressful times when when you when you feel oh, I just don't understand things anymore or you can use it when you have big decisions or when you have small decisions you know what do you want to do tonight or so or or you can use it when you have a life decision to do so that you say what do I want in life but you can also use it when when things are good and you want to make it a little better so I want to have a fun evening so you can use that mental contrasting for any wish you have and and decide how to proceed with with that with that wish so that's that's a um it's 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 very practical and what what you just need is basically 5 minutes of quiet of calm and of slow you need to be really slow because otherwise you can't develop that imagery and you don't understand what your wishes are. So you need to be really focused and slow. So you can't do double tasking. You can't do email or, or a conversation or anything parallel to it. But once you, you, you put yourself in a spot where you, you can reserve five minutes and everything in the world can wait 
these five minutes, then you can do um, mental contrasting or whoop. Actually, we when we had the, all these laboratory and findings and and the findings from the intervention studies we did from the different areas and where we understood the mechanisms which we just described, these kind of non-conscious mechanisms, then then um, I thought let's let's get it out to to uh, so that people can use it, and we came up with this kind of acronym for mental contrasting together with if-then plans, and that acronym is called WHOOP, which stands for Wish, Outcome, Obstacle, and Plan. And and that WHOOP strategy, which is easy to remember because mm. WHOOP has these four um, letters and they give you guidance on how to use mental contrasting, they, they are really there to to take um, for everyone who is interested to have a strategy, a mental strategy that eases um, their lives. And what we did is actually we reasoned that wish outcome obstacle is mental contrasting. But then we thought, okay, what if the obstacle is really hard to overcome? Mm. So let's say the obstacle would be a really bad ingrained habit or would be a very strong emotion, which is very hard to control, or a super strong impulse. Um, and then we thought, okay, maybe if we combine mental contrasting with a strategy which was actually discovered by Peter Golwitzer, um, also from New York University, if we combine that with these if-then plans or implementation intentions, then we might be even more successful to give a strategy to people that 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 helps to overcome even these very strong impulses. And the implementation intentions, they come basically in the form of if situation X occurs, then I will perform the behavior Y to reach my goal. And in the context of mental contrasting, we thought that we use these implementation intentions or if-then plan in the following format that we said, you know, if the obstacle X occurs, whatever you have identified, then I will behavior to overcome that obstacle. So remember that we said in mental contrasting, there is a strong associative link between the obstacle of reality and the behavior to overcome the obstacle that already is established by mental contrasting. But we thought with these if-then plans, we even further strengthen that link between the obstacle and the behavior to overcome the obstacle. And that should be particularly helpful in situations where the obstacle is so sticky, like impulses or strong emotions or, or bad habits. So for decisions, if I need to decide something or get clarity in my life, then the implementation intentions are not so important. But for things where where I know the obstacle is really sticky, then to add the P of the WOO, the implementation intention, would be helpful. So that's, that's then the, the acronym of WHOOP, WISH outcome, which is the positive future, which gives action the direction, and then the obstacle in the way, which gives the energy and which shows how to overcome that obstacle. And then the plan, if the obstacle is really sticky, then if obstacle, then I will overcome obstacle. And that is whoop. And we then sort of went and did a website where we put everything on there. Some research on, on the background of mental contrasting and implementation intentions that's the name in the scientific literature, or WHOOP. And then also instructions on how to use WHOOP for different kinds of wishes and in different situations. And then we did some videos and we did some written instructions. And there's a WHOOP kit you can download from the website, which has all the instructions. You can also share your WHOOPs and your thoughts on the website. And then we also came up with the app 
um, the app, the Whoop app, um, which leads you through the instructions so you don't need to think twice. You just um, are guided through the instructions of Whoop. And what Whoop really is, is it's, it's a five-minute little exercise where, where you actually define your wish, you, you look for your wish, what do I really want? What is it that is really important for me? Let's say in the next day, whatever time frame you choose, or in the next four weeks, or maybe in my life. And then once you found that wish, you summarize it in few words, and you put it in front of your mind. And then the O would be the outcome. You think about what would be the best thing, the best outcome, if I fulfilled myself that wish? And you would think, what, how would I feel? And you think, ah, maybe I feel happy or relieved. Or I would feel um, just a little proud. Whatever it is, find the best outcome. And again, summarize it in a few words. And once you did that, then you imagine that best outcome. And that imagery is really important. So imagine it and feel it out. And think about how wonderful it would be. And after you imagine the best outcome, then you switch gears and you say, what is it in me that stops me from tackling my wish and feeling that outcome? What stops me? What is it in me that is in the way here? Can be an emotion, can be an irrational belief, can be a bad habit, can be something somebody said at some point. So find it. What is it? And here you can go a little deeper. You could say, what is it really? Let me get rid of the excuses. Ah, what is it really? I might have not time, but why don't I have time? So you can dig a little deeper. And very often um, it is an emotion. And nobody else can tell you, you need to find what is it in you, because you are the expert of your life. Sometimes a little embarrassing, but with a little humor and not telling anybody, you get over it. And then you can understand, okay, that's what it is in me. You know, it can be resentment or some anxiety, or it can be um, some kind of false pride or whatever it is and once you find that then ah oh, you think hmm, that's what it is in my way and you summarize it again in a few words um, and then you imagine that obstacle occurring you imagine it how that feels that can sometimes sting a little bit in your in your stomach because hmm that might feel sometimes a little, <laughs> ah, a little, a little funny to imagine that. But that's then you are on the right way, and you imagine that obstacle. And while you imagine that obstacle, you very often discover how you can overcome that obstacle. Oh yeah, that anxiety. Oh, I know how I could overcome that, or that resentment. Come on. I could have overcome that by doing this and that. So, and after you imagined that obstacle, then you ask yourself, what could I do to overcome that obstacle? What would be an effective action I could take or an effective thought I could think to overcome that obstacle? What could I do? And then you find the action or the thought to overcome that obstacle. And again, you summarize it in a few words and you put it in front of your mind. And then, if you want, you can do the if-then plan. And the if-then plan would be very simple. You would say, if, and then you imagine your obstacle again, then I will, and now you imagine the behavior or the thought to overcome the obstacle. And then you repeat and you say, 
if obstacle, imagine the obstacle, then I will, and now you imagine the behavior or the thought. If obstacle, then I will, behavior or thought. And that's basically then the whole exercise. So it is wish, identify the wish, then it's outcome, identify the best outcome, imagine that best outcome, and then there is the obstacle, identify what is it in you that stands in the way, get rid of the excuses, imagine that inner obstacle, and then do the if obstacle, then I will overcome obstacle plan. And that's whoop. And whoop you can do wherever you are, and you can take whoop as a friend. And when you practice it, and you, when you play with it, and when you customize it to your own wishes and obstacles, then it can be a lifelong friend, which gives you clarity about what you want and what is in your way, and clarity about where you should set priorities and how to actually fulfill your wishes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and I think it's uh, not only can it be applied to, I'm pretty sure it can be applied to just about any domain in life, although I should note that as you can probably tell, it can be a very hypnotic process. And so you don't want to be driving or holding a sharp knife in your hand as you are getting into this uh, state. Right. No double tasking. Um, so leave the world out. I mean, you can, when you do jog or, or you do some, some kind of, um, uh, yeah, in, when, you, when you walk, that's really nice. You can do that. But walk not in traffic, um, then uh, because you really need to focus. So when you do whoop, you only need five minutes, but you, you, you need to fully focus and you can't be interrupted. So when, when you are interrupted, then start whoop all over. And, and the interesting thing is you, you, you can do as many whoops as you have wishes and, and think about where the wishes come from. I mean, we, we said the wishes come from our states of, of deficiency, of depletion, of deprivation. And, and they, they vary from Thursday to Friday to, to Saturday. They vary from evening to, um, to morning and they can vary, you know, dramatically during our lives. So, so these wishes, they, they pop up anew and anew and anew. And that's the reason why you can always make fresh whoops, because what is important is that the wish you identify that this wish is really something which is dear to your heart and which is important to you. So in that respect, you, you, you want to hear to your inner voice and say, what is it that is really important to me? Um, it can be something which is very interpersonal or it can also refer to some other people in terms of, you know, I wish that I have a good relationship to him or I wish that I do everything in order to make him happy. Or, um, so, so it's not, it doesn't need to be selfish at all, but, but it needs to be something that you feel kind of strong and, and, and in a way passionate about. Mm -hmm. And um, as we're uh, coming to the end of the show, I, I do have one more question for you that perhaps could be similar to some of the things you've already been talking about, but it's uh, quite a specific question. And that is based on all of your experience and all the research you've conducted, what are the top three things that you would suggest that people either focus on or place more attention on or prioritize to improve the quality of their life more generally? Hmm, that's a big question. Hmm. I would say focus on renewal and change. And I mean, from our research and from 
experiences, what uh, mental contrasting and boop taught me is that constructive and and cooperative action and constructive and cooperative thought um, is possible and that we are much less constrained than we think. So we have a lot more possibilities of constructive and cooperative action than we are sometimes made to believe. And, um, and, and WHOOP makes you understand that because it is such a powerful tool to go in the direction you would like to go. Um, then you suddenly see that you can change and you can be more constructive and more interactive and, 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 and spreading more the, the, the things that, that you really care for. Um, so in that respect, change towards more co constructive and cooperative action is possible. Um, you just need to try it out and you need to practice a little bit, like you practice riding a bicycle, but that that will show you that um, you, you can do a lot more than you have been thinking. So I think um, by, by using these mental strategies, which which are based on non-conscious processes, um, we have a big resource or we tapped into a big resource, which otherwise have been um, have been sort of lying dormant. And I think in, in that respect, it can it can help enormously to to improve our lives. That that's probably one thing. And then the other thing is you can use the, the strategy really for improving your interactions with others and to improve your your personal um, and interpersonal life apart from improving professional life but but especially for the interpersonal life and for the for the understanding of others you can you can use that that strategy really well and um, and then also probably for for discovering the beauties um, and of, of nature and, and and the beauties of getting involved in 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 things you really care for so in the different in the different areas so focus on change focus on constructive and cooperative change focus on interpersonal relationships and and how you can use this change to improve your interpersonal relationships and then also you know tackle um, tackle the things you you thought might not be so so possible mm -hmm. but but explore them and and find creative solutions of um, of improving your daily life, but also the, the long-term decisions. Beautiful. Take Whoop as a friend. Yeah, absolutely. Take Whoop as a friend. Like, take Whoop as, as, as a kind of, you know, friend you can consult with when, when things are getting hard, but also when things are good and you want to improve them even more. And if you're just getting started, you probably take your phone everywhere with you so you can whoop on your phone until you have got enough practice under your belt to be able to do it without it. And perhaps just when you're going out for a walk, you can continue practicing the process. You know, the funny thing is I use the app all the time because it forces me to be very specific and very kind of precise in terms of formulating my wish and my outcome of my obstacle, my plan. Mm. And um, at the beginning, years ago, when we started the app, we had some te technical difficulties. And, um, you know, when you, when you design an app and you have technical, technical difficulties, it, it kills you. It's so, it's so difficult to, uh, because you think, oh, this is not what you want to give to, to people, an app which is faulty. But at the same time, I was also kind of distraught that I couldn't do my whoops on the app anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so um, try to use the app, um, do it mentally, do it in written form, whatever suits you. And that's all you find that on the website and, and you can just load it down and um, you know, whoop doesn't cost anything. You can do as many whoops as you have wishes, as I said, and um, just try it out, play with it. 
and don't forget to give us feedback whether whether you you get along well or if you have difficulties tell us on the whoop my life website how you feel and 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 share with us your experiences because it can be pretty emotional once you get into it mm-hmm. well it's definitely one of my uh, go-to tools and, and I absolutely love it. So, uh, Gabrielle, thank you very much for uh, all of your work. I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate all of the insights that you've shared. Uh, I know I certainly have. And uh, thanks again. Well, thank you. And thanks um, all the listeners for learning about Whoop. So that's it for this episode. If you want to support the show, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review, follow us on Spotify, and of course, you can connect with me on social with the links in the description. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Bye.